week two of Shop Talk with me, Jeremy Mercer, and Will Wilbur Narduzzi mm-hmm. here. Anyways, uh, thanks for everybody that listened last week. We got some decent little feedback from it. So we hope to bring you some value here every week. Again, you know, we're just going to be talking about markets, overall themes in the commercial real estate world, and gambling every now and then. Once football season's over, though, I'm probably done with that, that part of the show. So anyways, how you doing, Will? Good. Good. It's Good. Good. week of November 13th as we still charter into murky commercial real estate waters. So last week, Dow opened up around 34095 and closed 34272 so up half a percent. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent gain. I think the week Not before bad. was the best run in the Dow since 2021. So Correct. investors are fleeing to equities, I guess, because I think there's some yield there. The NASDAQ was up 1.12% from 43.65 at the beginning and closing at 44.14. Did I say NASDAQ? Oh, that's the S&P, S&P. sorry. And uh, the NASDAQ was up almost 2% for the week, 13518 to 13791 So, I don't know. Stock market's doing pretty decent. So I talked to my dad this morning. He's like, I'm confused. And this is what he does professionally, but he's like, it was not a bad, not a bad week last week. Yeah, it was. It was. The, uh, let's look at oil. Oil's down 4.36%. West Texas crude opened up last week at around $80.82 and is down to 70 and then closed out last week at $77.30. So I wonder how long it takes for that to bleed through to consumers because I've noticed Price per gallon's gone down in the last two weeks. Well, maybe it's pretty immediate. I don't know. It'd be good to find out. Again, our quest to learn more about oil and gas, because everybody we know in oil and gas is rich. Very, very rich. And your five-year treasury went up 2.34%, opened up last week at 4.575, and closed out the week at 4.682. But the 10-year remained virtually unchanged at 464 a lot of turmoil with those two indexes, though, over the last four weeks. And I think it's going to bleed through to later in our conversation about what's been going on and the big credit freeze we're seeing. More yeah. to be revealed later. Yeah. But. Yeah. We got frozen last week, actually. So we'll tell you about that. Okay. Let's talk about some college football lines real quick for all you mm, gambling degenerates out there. So BC versus Pitt. Now we're, you know, we usually stick to regionally, but, you know, Will's a, Will's a Pitt Panther supporter. Yes. My uncle is the head coach. So, yeah. So, Pitt's having a little rough year this year. So, is BC. It's at Pitt. Pitt's getting two and a half. I think this is kind of a, a must win. For it Pitt. is. It is. But it'll be a great game. Yeah. You know, good Northeast competition. And hopefully, we sneak that through. The Rice Owls are at Charlotte. Rice is given one point. I like the Owls. I feel like those guys are on a mission to win this year. So uh, give me the owls. K State at Kansas. K, you know, rivalry game. Kansas State is getting mine is get is giving seven points to Kansas. I watched the Kansas Texas Tech game this weekend. It was brutal. Kansas lost their second string quarterback and okay. had a true freshman come in and he played very well. But I still think K State just rolls. That was my prediction last week for them to just a steamroll Baylor and they absolutely wax them like fifty two to fourteen or something. Both Kansas teams are really good this year. It's really surprising. Yeah. 
Baylor at TCU. Ba- uh, TCU's given 13. Baylor's getting 13. I think TCU just waxes Baylor. They're so pissed off about Texas. I don't know if anybody watched the Texas game, but man, Texas came out strong and they just can't finish, man. They they've done they did this against Kansas State mm-hmm. and they did it against TCU. And I think TCU is going to be at home and just kick the crap out of Baylor. So I'd give, I'd take TCU. UCF is at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is two and a half point favorites. Mm. Man, I don't know what to think about this because Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma State goes to UCF and gets absolutely murdered 45 to three. It was unbelievable. And UCF has a wide receiver that is just, really good so we'll see tech needs the win to get bowl eligible texas at iowa state texas uh, iowa state's getting seven and a half i'm taking iowa state i feel like uh, texas just plays the level of their opponent every time so i think they'll win but uh i think uh, how come they can't finish i don't know i've always had a I've kind of had a joke is that Texas is where five stars go to die. I don't know what it is. They they get the best guys, but they can't. They just haven't been able to seem to finish. I don't, they think they're going to do it this year, but I don't know. It, I mean, TCU is not a good team, and TCU almost came back and won that game. I saw the end of it. So, so is their first stringer still out? What's his no, name? Quinn Ewers is back. Oh, he is. Okay. He, he played against TCU. Okay. So wasn't wasn't a big difference maker maybe, or, or mm. maybe he was. I don't know. Is it defense or is just not scoring enough points? I don't watch UT that often. I think they just quit after they get ahead. Oh, so that's not good. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a new segment we're going to add to this show. You know, in this commercial real estate journey, you get all kinds of new finance, corny terms. finance, corporate terms. So we're going to have a corporate term of the week. This is a poke at fun at anything someone tells us. So so last week, uh, Will and I are talking to somebody about an investment sale and they're like, well, we're going to give you the under the tent info. And I was like, we hit mute. And I go, did that person just say under the tent? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> so Jeremy, what do you think under the tent means? Well, let me bifurcate this and uh, <laughs> think about that for a minute. Well, I guess that's, well, I don't want to use this one, whisper pricing, you know, okay. you know, very, very similar. Yeah. Maybe, you know, this is the, this is the real deal, you know, let Let's me, look let me take you, let me take you back behind the tent, you know, or gotcha. in the tent, I'm going to take you in, in and under the tent, you know, anyways, very interesting. Anybody need a new term for the week? There you go. Under the tent, commercial real estate bros. So if you're out there playing slap a cap, yeah. selling buildings, and you want to provide whisper pricing, you can now use and sub out under the tent. Oh, man. We're expanding the investment sales broker's knowledge day by day. That's what we're here for, to provide value well. Without any expectations. That's right. Okay. we work filed bankruptcy is anybody surprised is anybody surprised really Um, i don't know i don't think so i mean we kind of all knew that was coming but here's something really interesting i saw about we work okay one comment before you 
maybe this is what you're going to look up. It's just amazing. The deal, Adam Newman, I think that's his name. Mm -hmm. The founder of WeWork worked out with WeWork before it all went to poo. Yeah. I mean, absolutely crushed it. Well, okay. So that's the one thing I wanted to talk about here. So I don't know if you knew this. Okay. So Adam Newman had a $430 million loan from SoftBank. Okay. Personally or corporately? No, they didn't make him personally guaranteed it. They just backed it with his shares. Oh, my. His shares are currently valued at $4 million, <laughs> down from about $500 million in 20 of 21. That dude ain't paying that loan back. So he, there's no PG on No, it. no, no. Wow. Yeah. SoftBank gave him a loan secured with his stock in the company. A lot of these rich guys do that. They're like, Musk, that's how, because his liquidity is all tied up in stock yeah. at, at uh, Tesla and all these places. So Goldman and Deutsche will all lend against it. But yeah, I think he's going to walk this and hand the shares back. I, you, here you go, SoftBank. Congratulations. You own $4 million worth of nothing. Probably not even worth $4 million. So, well, I saw a tweet out there that a major somebody made a comment that a major brokerage should buy WeWork as a revenue stream and for marketing because it's a very marketable brand still. Everybody yeah. knows it's mm-hmm. the brand for co sharing space. So maybe CBRE could buy it or JLL or one of these big groups. They already have a big presence and they could just use it as their internal product, so to speak. I guess so. Maybe. I don't know. I've been in a WeWork before and it didn't seem like anybody was really doing anything of any substance in there. No. no. That's just me. I could be completely wrong, but I don't know. Co-working, it has its need, but mm-hmm. I don't think we need as much as we have. So the Texas Triangle is still one of the best real estate markets. Well, the, um, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going into 2024, the industrial sector is bright. But you won't buy in Houston. I won't buy in Houston. I would. I love Houston. Uh, yeah. Maybe one day you will pioneer Houston for us. But I just, I don't know. I just, I'll stick with what we got. Yeah. No, we're, we're in a good spot with just 35. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw finally sold his ranch in Thackerville, just north of the border in Oklahoma. How long was that on the market for? Five years, 800 acres. And I wonder how many price reductions he had. It was listed for $22.5 million, but Oklahoma is a disclosure state. So if you really want to dig deep, you can find out what it traded for. But it was, uh, I guess he he used to breed a lot of horses up there, and another okay. horse breeder bought it. You Would know. make sense. Would make sense. I don't know. This is very interesting. When you drive to Lubbock, you do go past, depending on which way you go, you go mm-hmm. past the Four Sixes Ranch, and that's a big horse ranch, and up Taylor Sheridan owns it, right? Yeah. But they have a um, airstrip. So, like, if you're the guy that needs to fly your jet to go look, look at the horse, yeah. do you land? They got there? you. They yeah. got you. They got well, you covered. You can look it up on on Google Earth and see it. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. Well, credit markets are getting worse and worse, right, Will? Well, yeah, I think they're fixing the. I think hell's fixing to freeze over here soon. That's. I'm always a pessimist with things. I'm not the, um, I don't know. I think with credit, I'm probably the pessimist, but we had a deal tied up in DFW, pretty infill, dense. Good word. Yeah. 
back to terminology, but good product. Mark, mark, mark the mark to market strategy was really excellent there, taking people from probably five dollars net to eight, nine, ten, ten net. So business plans there. The last two to three years, that deal gets approved. That credit committee for every bank, every shape, size of it. This week, we experienced the the extension cord basically just getting ripped right out of the wall. And mm-hmm. it was a explanation of it's not you, it's it's me. Yeah. And it was applicable apparently to all applications that were not executed for all commercial real estate deals that they were pursuing or entertaining. So that's a big concern for me. It's a big concern for you, especially because the size of the bank is well over $20 billion in assets. And this bank did pretty much the same loan for us in July yeah. in San Antonio. Yeah. And we have some deposits there, not not a lot. Yeah. Our partner on the deal has a very large amount of deposits allegedly there, and that yeah. had zero sway mm-hmm. over, the, over the opportunity for the bank. So I think that's indicative. Maybe there's a little premature, but I think that's indicative of what we're going to see here over the next two to three business quarters holistically. Yeah. So no, I think the whole, everybody says stay alive till 25, but I'm, you better be ready to go past that. I think I made that comment this weekend at a, at a party Emily and I were at, and I think it's honestly get through 26. Yeah. Get through yeah. 26. I agree. So I agree. That's a concern. I mean, our submissions to banks, we use a debt broker oftentimes, really great boutique shop here in town, Hamilton Realty Finance. are awesome guys. If you ever need anything, I would recommend going to talk to them. But, you know, their submissions are pretty dense. I think they approach 40 to 50 banks every mm-hmm. time we we send them a deal. We do some ourselves, but the feedback. So if we submit to 50 banks, we used to get eight or nine term sheets. I think now we're down to about two or three. Yeah. And... I don't have much confidence in the two or three, I would say now. Right. No, you probably don't know until they actually fund your deal. I would agree with that. And that's no lack of diligence, hard work, preparation, transparency on our behalf with them and the mortgage broker. Right. I think it's just, there's a big question mark until you're closed and funded. Yeah. Yeah. Buyer beware. If you're getting a loan, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Well, what else you got, Will? I have two tweets that you and I shared with each other over the weekend. One's for from Cole Kineski, at Cole Kineski. I think that you're pronouncing that. I'm pronouncing that the right way. But he talks about multifamily, which is not what we don't do any of that. But I think it's it's applicable to us. Do you mind if I read the tweet out? Oh, go ahead, okay. Will. Thank you. I, I have analyzed over 250 Multifamily deals spoke with dozens of brokers, lenders, and operators across the country this this year. The last six weeks is material different. I would agree with that. Jeremy would agree with that. Multifamily <coughs> pricing this year is plus 25% of peak values. Now, nearly every marketed deal is missing pricing expectations by more than 20%. This month alone represents 5 to 10%. That means... What was a $40 million deal in 2022 is now asking $30 million and receiving bids at $24 million if they catch a bid. That's alarming. Here's where it gets even more alarming. There's an entire class of deals throughout the Sunbelt that can't even get equity interest until the lender takes over. We are talking deals worth $0.50 cents on the debt 
for an appropriate risk adjusted return. That's carnage. I know it's 50 cents on the dollar, but let the bank take it. It'll be 35 cents on the dollar. Yeah. We have a very large equity partner that, oh, I'm sorry, you need to. No, and, and just to finalize that, this covers core <clears throat> urban towers to class C suburban garden style deals. So we're talking about different types of product within a fairly good asset class. It's always been deemed safe. So, you know, big golden tower in downtown all the way to your just looks kind of poo-poo deal in suburbia. So it's systemic. So, I mean, we've got an equity partner up from up north, but they own a bunch of multifamily assets down here. And they pretty much told us the same thing on an asset they bought. Yeah. Scary. No. They, did, they, they took it to get BOV'd and... Didn't shake out. Didn't really, didn't really pencil anymore. So, yeah, I think people are going to have a really hard time. It, you know, the comment with working with them too was appraisals are, are all over the board because appraisals look historically. Yeah. So, I think it's going to get really dicey. It, or it is. And then another tweet was... One of our clients' average acquisition to exit timeline is 16 months. Outstanding operator. The day he closes, crews are ready to begin work. Speed kills in a value-add business plan because with time comes risk. And that's from Multifamily Mark on Twitter. Yeah. And I think that just kind of goes into what I think you and I have been feeling. And then I vocalized and we've been talking about between the two of us is we went from capital raising to capital allocation and now appears that we're going to capital preservation, which is just us, all of us here at Matador. And I think maybe many of our peers are just looking at operationally, how do we have process improvement? How do we get spaces to market faster? All of that, because that's what's going to end up being the, the make or break for a lot of people. I know we will buy something next year, but I'm preparing that we don't buy anything just because I didn't think we'd buy much this year. We're going to do okay yeah but i don't know uh, that's what i'm preparing for as a business owner is nothing so and it won't be from any lack of effort no no we'll, we will still try as hard but but i don't know things might start opening up but we're ready we're capitalized we're ready to go so if you got some deals bring them to us we're hungry we are we're responsive so, but that's all I got. Those were two things I think you and I were just sharing with each other over the weekend and makes a lot of sense during our field of vision. Right, right. Well, I guess let's wrap it up. Keep this short and sweet. And um, again, guys, we're looking for BNC Industrial Assets, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Oklahoma City, all up and down I-35. And we're looking to do uh, debt and pref deals too. So if you got any of those opportunities, bring them to us. The pref and debt deals will look <clears throat> nationally. Yep. We really like uh, tenant anchored retail, single single tenant net lease developments, yeah. mul multifamily kind of depends on what's going on there with that asset. And then obviously industrial. That's our yep. that's our gravy. So we'll we've got access to capital to help you out on your on your pref and debt debt needs as well. Yep. Alrighty. Well. Till next week. Next week might be tough. I might be hunting. So if not, I'll call you or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Alrighty. We're junkies. See y'all next week, maybe. See ya.